had more adventures in the last two days than either had experienced in the previous eleven years of their lives. They had just moved from London to Kilmore Cove, a sleepy little town along the coast of Cornwall. But there was nothing sleepy about what they discovered behind the mysterious door in the oldest room of their new home, Argo Manor. Its previous owner, Ulysses Moore, seemed to have left behind many secrets for the twins to discover. There was a long stone passageway full of riddles and puzzles that the kids had managed to decipher one by one. And the passageway led to something beyond the kids' wildest imaginations, a great sailing ship anchored in an enormous grotto, a sailing ship that could travel through time. The twins and their new friend, Rick Banner, had already journeyed to ancient Egypt. Now the kids were planning their latest trip, to 18th-century Venice. They were on the trail of an inventor who disappeared years ago, taking with him the secret of the doors to time that existed all over Kilmore Cove. Jason, Julia, and Rick were determined to find him before Oblivia Newton, a sinister schemer who always seemed to be one step ahead of them, got to him. Awesome, Jason murmured softly as the light fell on him for a second time. His shadow lengthened until it reached the farthest recesses of the attic, onto the abandoned paintings and furniture covered with sheets. Will it stay on all night? Only if Leonard remembers, answered Nestor. The light seems to come and go with no rhyme or reason. Julia smiled to herself. For two nights, Leonard had remembered to turn on the lighthouse beacon. The first night... The lighthouse, like a watchful eye, had kept her company while a storm raged and an intruder tried to break into Argo Manor. Jason returned to Julia's side and knelt before the trunk. He helped his sister break the last of the locks and grasped the lid. A torn tag showed the words Venice Artifacts, written in Ulysses Moore's distinctive handwriting. We've got it! said the boy, triumphant. He raised the lid. A cloud of dust puffed up. The lighthouse beacon moved across the ceiling. Beautiful, Julia murmured, lifting a soft red cloth out of the old trunk. It looks like a cape, ventured Jason. He gently inspected the cloth. Its floral motif, red on red, revealed strange patterns as if the material had been woven with silver threads. It was extremely worn, and the hem was tattered. The trunk contained three compartments, every one of which was marked with an old medallion and a white papier-mâché mask. "'Venetian masks!' exclaimed Julia. She carefully picked one up. The mask was a face with empty eyes, a pointed nose, and two golden tears. There were three masks resting on top of three black capes, all of which were clasped around the neck by two lacquered pins. Under Nestor's watchful gaze, the twins arranged the items on the attic floor. Inside the compartments, they found handkerchiefs with the initials U.M. and P.M., a pair of lace gloves, a long woolen scarf, a pin in the shape of a greyhound, theatre glasses, a walking stick with a brass pommel, and an 18th-century map of Venice. 
the map was faded and fragile, scarcely legible. There were also comedy playbills and several invitations inside old envelopes on which were written Santa Angelo Theatre. Jason and Julia studied every object, puzzling over its meaning. Nestor told them the little he knew about social life in old Venice from the stories that had been told to him by Ulysses Moore and his wife. For almost an hour, instead of being in an old dusty attic among furniture covered with sheets, Jason and Julia imagined themselves in the magical city of Venice, surrounded by mysterious canals, cavernous ballrooms, masked wanderers, music and laughter. But slowly, surely, sleep dimmed their fantasies. Finally, Nestor said, I think it's time to get to bed. Tomorrow is a school...